A billion years ago, there was nothing but space. Then one of God's wet farts blew all the planets in place. There were no signs of life on Mars or Venus, but planet Earth was blessed with two baby geniuses. Baby geniuses, we know everything. Baby geniuses, we know everything. Baby geniuses, we know everything. Baby geniuses, tell us something we don't know. Hello, Hello, babies. babies. Welcome to Baby Geniuses. I'm Emily. I'm Lisa. This is our show where we do talking. We talk at you. (laughs) And for you. (laughs) It's all for you. And you don't appreciate it at all. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, you do. You do. I don't know. I don't know you. Do we still have any hate listeners? Oh, I hope so. I like <laughs> I always find that fun. I, I think it's fun because if you hate me, I want you to have the punishment of hearing me talk. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't hurt me if, yeah. you, if you hate me and listen to my Just show. listen to me be brilliant and engaging. Mm-hmm. So you will smart not, and funny. You will not find what you are looking for. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you will. Maybe this is the most embarrassing thing I've ever said. Uh, I, I do get a little embarrassed when I hear that people are going back and listening to episodes from like three years ago. Oh, yeah. Like some people I work with are like, oh, I just started listening and I'm starting at the very beginning. And I'm like, wow, I have no idea what opinions I loudly I expressed no back yeah. then. But I'm back when I was really into Long Island Medium. <laughs> oh, yeah. We've heard from some people who are like, I can't believe that. I'm like, that was a long time ago. Yeah. I was smoking more pot. <laughs> Also, you don't need to apologize for that. But also, it's a well-made show. It's a great show. They make a strong case. (laughs) (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Um... Uh, we heard uh, from back from some of you guys about your bathroom habits. Oh, yeah. And we <laughs> asked about them a couple episodes ago, and they have been very intriguing. Yeah. Also, I heard from my boyfriend. He was like, I heard where you said you, quote, always get pee all over you. <laughs> <laughs> and could you stop doing that? <laughs> did you say that? I don't think I did. Maybe I did. <laughs> I think what I meant to say you was that, little... like, I've been breaking the habit of wiping standing up uh-huh. but it's hard because sometimes i'll instinctively do it yeah um for some just, reason i just imagined you like peeing regularly and then getting splashy in there just splashing and just like <laughs> yeah. splashing it on my face for yeah. no reason yeah just because you, <laughs> you just because i'm a weird animal a fun sloppy girl i don't know <laughs> I, I hope he's not mad that i said that <laughs> <laughs> but that just goes to show how little i pay attention to what i say on this show oh yeah and like how much i forget how gross i sound yeah i always forget people are listening to this later <laughs> oops yeah i just want to make you laugh oh and travis i guess yeah yeah a little bit <laughs> it's always nice when travis laughs but it's secondary and i want you to bear that in mind <laughs> uh but yeah we we have gotten um some great some great emails about people's bathroom uh habits and let's read them without saying their names i guess yeah we got um three pretty short ones and we thought it'd be fun to read them on the first one uh hey babies you asked an episode or two ago but if people have any bathroom habits i have two that are not commonly practiced i sit with my side towards the tank usually my right side rather than my back my mom said she had to sit sideways as small children potty training because the diameter is smaller that way and it has stuck with me. 
Wow. <laughs> that was really weird. Yeah. <laughs> That's really hilarious. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's kind of dainty, too. It's like a little side saddle. Yeah. I can't imagine. I've done that in public once in a while when the toilet's facing away from the door and I'm worried someone's going to walk in because the lock is, isn't working oh. well. I'll sit sideways so I can like grab the door if someone... Because oh. that's my worst fear is someone's going to walk in on me. That, and how does it feel? Um, it feels fun to like do it differently than usual. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But it doesn't feel like, ooh, this is wrong on my butt. Mm, a little bit, but it's kind of fun. <laughs> I'm sort of perched on there. Um, she continued, uh, I also fold my shirt up over my chest when I use the restroom. My sister also does this, so it must be a family thing. I have no memory of why I started doing this. I guess my tummy just needs some freedom. Have a great day. Um, I do that sometimes. What? Why? Uh, <laughs> that is the beauty of this topic is we don't know why we do these things. Do you ever like when you get home after work and you sit down on the toilet, you just like want to like just take all your clothes off like right away while you're there? No. Okay. <laughs> I, I think folding my shirt up is part of that. It's, it's part just of that. Like, yeah. Uh, I, just, uh. I mean, I do that just on the couch. Yeah. I just fold my shirt up and I like pat my stomach my tummy and Your I like, I hold it and I make a donut around my uh, belly button and then like every so often my boyfriend will look over and be like what what you doing <laughs> I'll be like none of your beeswax <laughs> maybe that's it too it's just something to do while you're yeah, on I'm the- like I just want to touch it yeah um I'm doing it now uh we got another one hello there baby geniuses I wanted to share my potty habits with y'all I was very <laughs> interested in your conversation and hope more women share Number one, I can't seem to stop saying potty instead of toilet, bathroom, or loo since my kids were potty trained. That's an interesting phenomenon. Mm-hmm. And there was a, a, some dialogue under the Gilmore Girls about it where Lorelai was like, no one should say potty. Just, it's not hard to teach a kid to say toilet. Why do we, why do we give kids a different word for it? I um, have a brief story about this where I was on a date with a guy I was seeing and he was over at my house and I let out my dog to go to the bathroom and I was like Indy go potty go potty and he was like you know you don't have to use that word right you could have trained her with any word and I was like oh yeah he was like embarrassed that I was using that word anyways that's why it's a guy I'm no longer with (laughs) (laughs) among other reasons yeah geez but I was like oh yeah I could have said anything yeah and trained her but oh well it's just cute it's like easy yeah if i ever have a kid i'm gonna have him call it a poo poo hole (laughs) um the duty spot (laughs) uh number two toilet paper must roll to the top the bottom roll is just a prank to everyone trying to accomplish their important task. she means like over the top right yeah like like, i think that's what she means i agree um i agree with that too that uh, of course number three i get tp by holding my fingers together and outstretched and rolling the paper around them a few times then i pull it off the fingers and flatten to make a nice fold (laughs) interesting you know what i do is i pull a long sheet of it and then i um alternatingly fold my hands in oh you accordion i accordion fold it whoa yeah um number four i am a seated half and halfer i cannot reach to do the recommended front to back wipe yeah, it's hard. Really? How I instead you... do the middle to the front, making another fold of paper and then reach around for mid to back if necessary. Okay, that's so crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, mi- middle to front middle and to then front, and then mid to back. Mid to back. And you kind of overlap a little. So just in the middle. Pussy to urethra and then pussy to butt? Yeah. That doesn't seem sanitary. <laughs> but none of it does. 
I usually grab a bit more paper for a double back wipe <laughs> to be certain everything is all taken care of. Oh, yeah, you've got to do the double. The double back. I, if anything, I'm impressed by how much terminology she's come up with for all of he, these maneuvers. I know. <laughs> and then she said, thanks for being you, hilarious, potty mouth, intelligent female. I guess I like potty if it's in followed by mouth. <laughs> <laughs> And that's maybe the only context. I like potty eyes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I only have eyes for the potty. Is that what that means? Yeah. Um, um, a th- third woman wrote us to say, I'm writing to share that I also used to fold up toilet paper into a neat little rectangle. It gives the wiping surface a consistent thickness, whereas when you ball it up, you risk having a single layer area touch your pee and soak through to your hand. Correct. Yes, that is accurate. But one time in summer camp when I was 13, I was sitting on the toilet, taking time, folding up the toilet paper, having a nice little moment to myself when suddenly this girl named Jess yelled, Kathy's folding up her toilet paper into a little square. She had been standing on the toilet in the next stall, peeking over and watching me the whole time. She made fun of me the rest of the summer. Like, taking the care to fold it up made me a nerd or something, so I never did that again. <laughs> now I just crumple it up because some part of me still wants to uh, cool, wants to be cool. Uh, still wants cool 13 oh. year old girls to like me. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> wow. This shit runs deep. Yeah. Uh, you're not a nerd for folding it into a square. You're on the right track, and I hope that you get back on it. Yeah. I think being tidy while doing that is is nice and it doesn't make you uncool. Yeah, this is so fascinating. I love what's crazy is it's like that could have been a great opportunity to turn the tables on Jess and be like, wait a minute, you don't fold it into a square. Your pussy is gross. You're a sloppy wiper. You're a sloppy wiper with a sloppy pussy. (laughs) God, I wish I could go back in time and turn the tables on so many of the cool, mean people. Really? Tease me. Well, yeah, because in the moment you're just like, "Uh, I'm not because someone's like, making you feel so bad they're like hey you're a horse yeah <laughs> what did they call you lisa horse or or lady horse no they called me horse poop yes <laughs> I, <laughs> I said they called me lady horse but they did not they called you horse they poop. called me horse poop what how would you turn the tables on them i don't know i would just be like fuck you <laughs> I don't know. If only I could have thought of that back then. I wish I could. No, I I think I just (laughs) cried. I didn't say anything. Yeah, I honestly think that most of the people who made fun of me were right. Oh, yeah? I don't know if there's anything I could have said that would have uh, (laughs) really uh, righted things. I think justice was served. (laughs) Where are they now? Where are they now? Bunch of fucking losers. Yeah. Doing nothing. I I honestly actually don't know. People weren't actually that mean to me. I think I might have been a bully by accident. Oh, yeah, I'm sure I was. Really? Well, everyone's a bully when they have the opportunity to be when they're a kid. Yeah. Everyone's kind of mean. I just didn't have friends. Yeah. I didn't have friends to back me up. I just had sheer bravado. (laughs) I had no reason to be that confidently mean. (laughs) I I was only isolating myself further. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. That was not a good time. Yeah. Um, I like being the age I'm at now. Yeah. Me too. It's good. Yeah, let's not get any older. <laughs> yeah, no, this is perfect. I would like to freeze now. I feel just the right amount of control. <laughs> um. Yeah, I just, today when I was driving over here, I was like, man, it's so cool I get to drive a car. Yeah, <laughs> Which is so stupid, but like a thing where I'm like, man, if I was a teenager, I'd be so stoked. Yeah, 
I get to drive a car. I get to go to work. If I need to leave work, though, I could pretty much leave work at any time because I'm an oh, adult yeah. and I could just be like, I need to go home. And people be like, oh, OK. Yeah. You know, when you're a kid, you can't leave places just because you feel like it. Oh, yeah, that's true. You have no control over where you go or anything. Yeah. Yeah. I left a meeting the other day because I was bored. <laughs> you can do it. I love how good you are at your job. I know. <laughs> I can't believe they let me do it. <laughs> I like that you're turning into Anna Wintour very fast. Oh, my God. I can, not fast enough. <laughs> All you need now is sunglasses. Yeah. And that haircut. Oof. Yeah. I think you could pull it off. I'll try. Yeah. Or a wig. That might be easier. Oh, yeah. Wig is like easy way to ease into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, should we do... Uh, is it, did you want to talk about the rude person of the movie theater? Oh, um, sure. I went to the movies the other day to see the new Coen Brothers film. Uh, it's real fun. Hail Caesar. Hail Caesar. And uh, I was there with a friend who I hadn't seen in a while, uh, a different Emily. And she came and I was like, oh, hey, and we're sitting next to each other. I don't approve. I know. <laughs> I could tell. I could sense you tensing up when I said that. Um and the second the trailer started playing, like, you know, that green screen comes up, the woman in front of us turned around and said, not to be rude, but the movie is starting. And I was like, it's the trailers. And it's the trailers. It's a Friday night at 10 p.m. And we're seeing a brand new movie. And I'm just talking at a reasonable volume with my friend. She was like tensed up like you could tell she... She was just waiting for... She was waiting for you to keep talking. Yeah. She, she was worried you were, She anticipated being mad. Yeah. She thought there was going to be a big problem. But like, no, 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 no. You have to wait until the actual movie starts and then wait for 10 minutes to see if it really becomes a problem. Yeah. Like, you can't just... Wait until the actual movie starts. Do not start scolding other adults in no. anticipation of that. Like, I was so upset. If you have to say not to be rude, most of the time you're being pretty rude. Yeah. It's like saying no offense. Yeah. You're about to be hell of offensive. Or I'm not racist, but... Oh, my God. Yeah. Racist thing. Also, just, like, observe the context of being at a Friday night movie in L.A. Like, why are you there if you don't want to hear other strangers? On the one hand, I do think that that person was rude. But on the other hand, I don't approve of you talking to other Emily. (laughs) So... I am kind of on her side. <laughs> I knew this would happen. <laughs> um, it's time now for Chunch Chat, the regular segment where we talk about Martha Stewart's pony band Chunch. Chunch. When the clock strikes noon, we could have a picnic lunch, fine wine, full moon, and we're chatting about Chunch. Chunch. Uh, so Martha keeps updating her blog with posts like a snowy February day or more stormy weather at the farm. And it's just picture after picture of like snow in the fields and like and no, no horses, no fucking horses. The last one, she had like one picture of, of Renz, her Frisian horse being ridden by her stable manager, Betsy, and one picture of the donkeys who looked miserable out in the pasture. And that was it. There was no interior of the barn. Um, no banchunch. No yeah. banchunch. It's just like, Martha, come on. Get it together. We want to see animals. Like this is, when you're taking a picture, you should try to put an animal or a person in it, I think. To make it a good picture. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Otherwise, it's like, what the fuck do I care? You know? Um, I like trees, but come on. But not that much. Not that much. Not 30 pictures. It's always 30 pictures, too. And oh I'm God. clicking through. I'm just like, come on. Come on, horse. Come, come on, horse. On. 
<laughs> Maybe there's one behind that tree. No. It takes a lot of time out of my day. They should really respect that more. Yeah. Also, Bantrench does not have a Wikipedia page. Yeah. Do any of her horses, do you think? No. Yeah. Okay. I guess that's fair. I think Martha's Martha's horse collection should have its own Wikipedia page, and then that would have a special Bantrench section. I think so, too. I think that's probably the right way to play that. Yeah. Uh, that concludes Chunch Chat. It's time now for One on Fun. Lisa, if you had to um, <laughs> remove one part of your face, <laughs> oh God, like one of the main Mr. Potato Head features. Oh, fuck. Which would it be? Here, wait. Let me pull up Mr. Potato Head to see what It's basically like are. eyes, eyebrows, nose, mouth, ears. Maybe uh, hat. <laughs> but I don't think for the sake of this question, we should include hat. Do eyebrows count? Yeah. Okay, I'd remove an eyebrow. Okay. And then I would probably like... Would you draw it in? Yeah. I would maybe tattoo. Mm, mm. That seems risky. Um, I guess maybe I should just remove both. Yeah. And then draw them both back in? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I really don't like that look. I don't either. But, but it, they're not essential to... It's better than get, getting rid of your nose. Can you imagine me not having a nose? That'd be tough. I'm having... I, I'm just picturing Voldemort. Yeah. Yeah. We, My family cat, we had to surgically remove her nose because oh, she had um, nose cancer. But, I mean, it was great because then she lived another, like, seven years. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we called her Skull Cat from then on because she looked like Voldemort and like whenever she sneezed and it, because cats don't speak English yes yeah um whenever she sneezed it was just like everything would come out like oh wow um, yeah that'd be tough yeah it was not cute it was a little cute yeah but eyebrows is that's a tough look also I know yeah it's not none of it's ideal yeah I think I would just probably take on I'd probably get rid of eyebrows and then just do like a a new very intense style mm-hmm. in general yeah I mean, that would probably usher in the era of the Emily wig yeah. Yeah. I definitely... I think you could rock it. Thanks. Or maybe eyebrow merkins. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, hey, yeah. That'd yeah. be great. Yeah. Or I could do that weird thing where some models do with, like, lace. Oh, like, yeah. Lace to their face for some reason. You could get a real, like, Cara Delevingne kind of look going yes. on. I already look almost exactly like her anyway. I know, yeah. It's, um, it's shocking. Um, Emily, uh, what's the most frightened you've ever been? Oh, that's a good question. It's kind of a hard one, huh? Um, there have been a couple times when I thought I was going to die. Mm-hmm. I was not even close to being right. <laughs> but uh, like one time I was in a car accident in a tunnel and it Whoa. was like only like four years after Princess Diana died. Oh, shit. And I was like, oh, shit, Princess Diana. Like yeah. that immediately went through my head. Were you driving? Yes. What? And it was like I had was on like a bunch of Dayquil and I was also didn't know yet that i needed glasses emily there was a bad it was a bad combination <laughs> oh my God. and yeah i was changing lanes and i didn't slow down enough so i just sort of like hit the corner of a, of a woman's car whoa um did you like spin around or no it was just a really loud crunch and some stuff flew up in the air yikes um it was it was bad uh that was pretty scary and then one time i thought i was getting attacked by a doberman 
Um, I wasn't, but I kind of was. Mm-hmm. It was like late at night and it was this path behind my house in Santa Cruz and I was going to meet some of my friends and the li- there were like no lighting on the path and this like Doberman came running at me and started jumping up on me and I was like, ah, ah, like screaming and I like the thought in my mind was I'm going to die. This is how I die. Yeah. And uh, then the owner came out of nowhere. And by the way, the dog was wearing like a Bluetooth or something. <laughs> um, it was not on a leash. It had like a Bluetooth. And the owner came up and started shouting, Hans, Hans, no. And then he, the owner said to me, he was like, say Hans. And I was like, Hans? And he was like, say Hans. And I was like, Hans? And then like, I guess the dog, he had to like pull the dog off me. And he was like, you just need to say the name calmly. And I was like, you need to put your dog on a leash. Yeah, no. Don't yell at like a victim. Don't yell at the victim that she's not talking to your dog right. According to your dog rules, you piece of shit. Yeah. Garbage person. Yeah. So I think that maybe that. <laughs> oh Hans. Uh that concludes one on fun. We'll be right back with Wiki of the Week. Hello, I'm Taco, the elephant magician. Moral High Church here, the master of clerical magic. I'm Magnus Burnsides, the fighter. Did you guys like that? Did you, the listener, like that? You were just swept up in a world of high fantasy and magic where anything can happen and anything is possible. Hi, I'm Griffin McElroy, Dungeon Master for The Adventure Zone, a new podcast on Maximum Fun, in which magic and mystery intertwine for a very erotically charged role-playing experience. (laughs) You can catch it every other Thursday here on MaximumFun.org or iTunes. It's for Dungeons & Dragons, but with family. Hi, everybody. I'm the producer of Baby Geniuses, Travis. I want to let you know that coming up is the Max Fun Drive. It happens once a year, and it's your chance to support the shows that you listen to on Max Fun. It starts March 14th, and there's going to be a bunch of different levels that you can donate at, and a bunch of different rewards that you get for donating at those levels. But above all else, you'll get access to donors-only bonus content that you won't be able to listen to any other way. It's super exciting, and it only lasts for two weeks, and we want to make sure that you're a part of it. So make sure to go to MaximumFun.org for updates or just pay attention to Facebook and Twitter. Okay, back to the show. Welcome to Wiki of the Week. First, I'd like to introduce my friend and uh, publisher, Ryan Sands. Hi. Hello. Hi. Welcome (laughs) to Baby Geniuses. Thank you for having me. We should talk about what Ryan publishes. Yeah. um, So you have an indie comics publishing company called Youth in Decline. Yeah. It seems like we specialize mostly in former Baby Geniuses guests. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Or current. Um, Yeah. We do indie comics. Uh, We just did a book with uh, Seth Bogart, who does Hunks and His Punks. Oh, my God. He's so cool. he's great. Yeah. And we did one with, uh, we did a book with Jillian Tamaki, who was on here, and Helen Cho, whose t-shirt you're wearing. That's right. Yeah. So keep it all in the family. Oh, yeah. Both Michael really DeForge. Good. Yeah. Eleanor Davis, who we just had on. Oh, yeah. And yes. you have, like, an upcoming one with Rebecca Sugar, right? Yeah. So later this year, Rebecca Sugar created Steven Universe. She used to do comics, and then she got, like, Emmys and really She got talent. busy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> got her own TV show. Uh, but she, I don't know how I did it, but I, I browbeat her nicely into making new comics mm-hmm. so later this you year we're brow gonna... massaged her yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so she's doing a, a collection for later december at uh comic arts la it'll come out and we'll oh do my like God. A thing. yeah i'm so excited that's great she's like i'm mostly not i'm having trouble writing so i'm just writing poetry and song lyrics <laughs> like in brush pen i was like that sounds great let's do that, that sounds good anything you want to do yeah, yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> oh my god yeah. she's amazing 
that's great. <clears throat> um, this week's Wikipedia page was sent to us by Nora Rizkala. Thank you, Nora. Um, it is the Wikipedia page for Walter Lingo, which is not just a language that Walters speak to each other. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but if you want to make a Wikipedia page for that so that it has to have a disambiguation at the top, that would be tight. <laughs> um, Walter Lingo, born in 1891, died in 1966, uh, was an Airedale Terrier breeder from LaRue, Ohio. And during the 1920s, he owned the Orang Dog Kennels. As a way of promoting his kennels, Lingo financed a National Football League franchise called the Orang Indians <laughs> in 1922. <laughs> Which... Man, if you have the business savvy to just start your own NFL team, why do you need your dog breeding business? It's a side gig, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, he bred his first litter when he was nine years old in 1900. Oh, my God. So he's been doing it his whole life. So he didn't need the birds and the bees talk. <laughs> no. He was like, I figured this he out. Knew how, he figured out how it yeah. worked like, by age eight. He ha- gave himself the dog and the dog talk. Oh, God. <laughs> oh God. Over how t- does, what does that mean he... Did he he figured out how to make them have sex or it does not elaborate. <laughs> like he was left alone with dogs at age nine. Yeah. Okay. And he just watched them do it <laughs> yeah. and got credit for it somehow. I guess so. That's how things worked for white men in the year nineteen hundred. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Over time he bred and sought to create a stronger type of Airedale. His efforts resulted in the King Urang breed of Airedale dogs. Lingo described the King Orang as the world's great all-around dog. Was he nine years old when he said that? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Upon creating the King Orang breed, Lingo embarked on a mail-order business selling his puppies to people throughout the Americas. Lingo spent most of his time breeding and training his championship Orang Airedale dogs in LaRue. He expanded his breeding program to meet the enormous demand for Airedales by selling up to a thousand Airedale bitches to... It's so, so funny. fucking funny. I know that. Yeah. So he sold bitches to farmers I throughout thousands Ohio. of bitches. <laughs> That's a nine-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> Turn of the century nine-year-old. Lingo took back the bitches for breeding and whelping, then returned them to their owners while buying back the pups at a pre-agreed price. Lingo then resold the pups to buyers throughout the country. Does, does this mean that the mail system worked well enough at this time to mail bitches around? <laughs> Yeah, I guess so. Reportedly, Walter sold up to 15,000 Airedales per year. And by mid-1920s, he claimed to be spending 2,000 per month on advertising. What a weird claim to make about your business. Yeah. I guess if it means it means you have to advertise in a bunch of different places because you're doing so well in mm-hmm. different places. Over time, the Urang Kennel Company and its Urang Airedales became known throughout the world. He donated a stud, a stud dog for Red Cross work in Europe. What would that dog do? It carried like the barrel with oh, the whiskey in I it to it like, like frozen people. Well, trained dogs to like help people in war zones, yeah, I guess. Yeah, search okay. and rescue? I don't know. Yeah, to the military during World War One, and then after the war promoted in advertising for the purpose of breeding. He also gave away dogs as a promotion to winners of contests, silent film stars, baseball players, and two were given to the editor of Field and Stream magazine, who favored the kennel with complimentary ads and even a fictional book or two featuring Oorang Airedales. <laughs> However, many of Lingo's neighbors described the Airedales as killers. <laughs> These neighboring farmers accused the Oorang kennels of raising a nation of sheep killers. This public relations disaster prompted Lingo to enlist the aid of celebrities to endorse his dogs. He invited celebrities such as Ty Cobb of the T- Detroit Tigers, boxer Jack Dempsey, actor Gary Cooper, Tris Speaker of the Cleveland Indians, and Olympic sprinter Charles Paddock to LaRue to hunt with him and his dogs. 
Perhaps uh. Lingo's most famous supporter was Jim Thorpe, the celebrated athlete of the 1920s. With no reluctance at all, Thorpe came to Lingo's aid by testifying that he once knew an Oorang Airedale that had saved a six-year-old girl's life. After that, Lingo and Thorpe became hunting buddies. What? <laughs> that didn't happen. Yeah. <gasps> wow. This next section is called Oorang Indians. Um, and apologies for all the times we're going to say the word Indians in the next two paragraphs. Mm-hmm. To help promote his dogs, Lingo eventually created the Oorang Indians, an NFL team in LaRue. He established the squad as a publicity stunt and named the team after his Oorang dog kennels. The cost of establishing an NFL franchise in 1922 was $100. <laughs> <laughs> I would love if that was still the cost. And there were just like thousands. So many horrible oh ideas. <laughs> that was just, just normal people getting the shit beat out of them by actual NFL teams. <laughs> However, the cost of just one of Lingo's Airedales could sell for $150. The stunt worked, and Lingo would go on to make a million dollars selling Airedales in just one year during the height of popularity of the Oorang Indians. Interestingly, LaRue is the smallest community to have ever sponsored an NFL franchise. The Indians, however, never played a game in LaRue. The team was primarily a traveling team. What home games they did play were played in Marion since LaRue lacked a playing field. (laughs) Lingo hired Thorpe to put together a team that only consisted of Native American players. That's really interesting. Mm -hmm. I'm shocked. Yeah. Yeah. He was paid $500 a week to organize the team. The Indians, which he could have started five NFL teams a week. Yeah. <laughs> with his earnings. Pyramid scheme. There's 1,400 yeah. football teams by the end of 2022. Everyone, everyone in America is in the NFL. <laughs> One for every ethnic group. Yeah, I guess so. Oh, my God. The Indians remained a team in the National Football League for the 1922 and 1923 seasons. The Oorang Indian Indians players didn't only play football. Lingo also required them to work in his kennels caring for his dogs. Hmm. That's less cool. (laughs) Uh, He also forced his players to parade around the football field with his dogs during half times, hoping that fans would purchase his dogs. (laughs) This does sound really fun. (laughs) It's like puppy bowl precursor. Proto puppy bowl. Uh, Lingo used his own Airedale Terrier magazine, Oorang Comments, to get dog and football enthusiasts buzzing about his product and his team. At first, the Oorang Indians were an excellent gate attraction. However, the novelty eventually wore off and Lingo pulled his financial backing. So at the end of the 1923 NFL season, the Indians suspended operations. I forgot that he grew up and I imagined a nine-year-old boy. (laughs) I know, it it hasn't told us about his age for a while, so I assume he's still a child. He's 11. This does sound like in one of those movies from the 90s where like a kid gets a million dollars, like what he would do. (laughs) Many football historians credit Lingo with creating the halftime show. He would lure audiences to his games with the promise of an outrageous halftime show instead of the promise of a good football game. (laughs) Entertainment, both prior to the games and during halftimes, was provided by the players and the Airedale dogs. There were shooting exhibitions with the dogs retrieving the targets. There were Indian dances and tomahawk and knife-throwing demonstrations. One halftime event showcased an Indian player named Longtime Sleep wrestling a live bear. Oh, my God. <laughs> Another show was a demonstration of the United States Indian Scouts' actions during World War I. The show promoted Lingo's kennels by showing the Airedale Red Cross dogs administering first aid to a wounded soldier. What does that like, mean? <laughs> licking, licking, it. licking its wounds. Yeah. 
<laughs> you wish they had YouTube back then, Lisa. I know. Oh my god! <laughs> if they had YouTube, they wouldn't. These shows would not be happening. That's though. <laughs> yeah. Many of the scouts and Red Cross dogs taking part in the event were real veterans of the war, while the German troops were impersonated by local American Legion men who wore German uniforms furnished by Lingo. The halftime activities soon became more important than the results of the game for the Indians fan base. The Indians only won three games in their two seasons of existence. Oh my God. That's like how I just watched the Super Bowl only for the halftime show. Yeah, yeah. totally. I care more about Beyonce than I do about any Oh my sport. God. If they had Beyonce back then. Oh my God. She would sell so many of this guy's dogs. <laughs> oh yeah. She would have had a dance off with that bear. Yeah, what if you got to see Coldplay fight a bear? Oh, I would love that. <laughs> I would love it depending on who wins. I'm rooting for the bear. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Great Depression. After the Oorang Indians collapse, Lingo continued to sell his Airedale dogs. Unfortunately, the Great Depression struck in the 1930s, prompting Lingo to scale back his business. People could no longer afford the Airedales, prompting Lingo to have approximately 300 puppies put to sleep in mm. 1929 alone. Oh my god, that's okay. awful. Talk about a Great Depression, me reading this right now. Yeah. <laughs> he eventually tried to establish a business in Minneapolis, Minnesota that manufactured dog biscuits, but this venture failed to succeed. So it just failed. <laughs> that's it. it failed to succeed? <laughs> what? <laughs> it also succeeded to fail. <laughs> Who's writing this? I love how you Should we edit the article, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> However, back in LaRue, Lingo's wife, Beryl. Okay. <laughs> burying the lead here. Yeah. His wife's name is Beryl. <laughs> I think that was like an actual name used back then. Yeah. Uh, well, like, yeah. I mean, it was like it's common. not spelled. It's not spelled B-A-R-R-E-L. It's spelled B-E-R-Y-L. But you don't know that. Beryl. She revived the kennels. Although the operation was scaled down from its 1920s peak, the Oorang Kennel Company continued until Walter Lingo's death in 1966. Why do you have to put down 300 dogs? Can you just give them away for free or something? That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I wonder if it would have been... It would would have been just such bad publicity for... I mean... I don't know why him putting them to sleep was not bad publicity, but I think letting no. them run free, if you re- let them run free, it's like, then you no, can't No, but I mean, sell. give them away, like... To or, other baseball players. Because that yeah. would cannibalize his business. Oh, yeah. He's still trying to sell the dogs, some of the other dogs. Oh, but he should care more about the dogs than about... I know. What he should do... I don't know. It, it <laughs> happened a long time ago. Yeah. He should just send them, put them on a boat. Yeah. And then let them figure it out. And then they'd create Dog Island, and there'd be just an island full of Airedale Terriers. I'd go there. Me too. <laughs> it sounds good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that was a that was a fun fun little trip we took <laughs> with this weird, probably evil dog guy. <laughs> Started at an early age. Yeah. God. I mean, his innocence was taken so young when he had to watch those dogs fuck as a child. So no wonder he turned out kind of fucked up. Yeah, what kind of nine-year-old would, like, get into animal husbandry and breeding? It's so strange. Yeah, I mean, is that what they base that character in the Royal Tenenbaums on? That oh, kid yeah. who bred the rats? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you treated that like a very a serious revelation. revelation. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. it might be real. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm very flattered. Um, <laughs> that concludes Wiki of the Week. We'll be right back with Ryan Sands. Hi, Ryan. Hi, Lisa. How are you? Good. Thank you for being on our show. Thank you for having me. Um, you wanted to, first of all, talk about how you worked in a radiology department when you were like 15? Yeah. Um, 
I was not an expert in any way <laughs> on the human body or medicine, but I, I grew up in Michigan and I really, really, really wanted to leave. So I tried really hard. That makes hard. sense. Yeah. <laughs> so I tried really hard to like pad my resume or whatever with anything I could to get out of that area. Mm-hmm. So first I ran for high school pre- uh, student council president. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I won. Oh my god! Tight. Because no one else ran, and then the first thing I did, <laughs> <laughs> I uh, you kind of glossed over that at first. <laughs> oh, oh, did, oh, yeah. Small details. Um, but uh, and then the first thing I did was I banned perfume because I got migraines and I didn't like it. Really? <laughs> you were able to do that? It passed. Yeah. Wow. I was, and, and I said, "Oh, there's kids with asthma, and like we really should be more thoughtful about their needs." But really, I just like fucking hated perfume smells. Wow. But also, you got migraines, which is as real of a concern as asthma. Yeah, yeah. The other, the anti-migraine lobby did not like step up. <laughs> but then, like a, a crew of like Latina girls and black girls and like just like cool kids came, and mm-hmm. they talked to the vice principal, and he vetoed my first. Aww. Oh my god. Yeah. So that was one thing I did, and the other thing I did was I volunteered. Like I had to volunteer five hours a week for honor society. So I started volunteering at the hospital, mm-hmm. and like they didn't vet me, and they didn't. <laughs> train me but they put me in charge of like patient transport at radiology at age 14 oh my god so basically my job was like i sat at a desk and i wore candy like a candy, candy striper, striper uniform yeah, yeah. oh i love that yeah, yeah. i have pictures i can send you yeah <laughs> <laughs> but um and we'll then, tweet them out when we tweet the episode yeah yeah <laughs> can we make it on like the mp3 file it's just, like, that's all you yeah. <laughs> but so my job was basically like i sat by this I sat in this like little room and there was a ticket counter like machine and it would print out a ticket with a name and a room number and I didn't know what was wrong with the person. But I would bring a bed and then I would go and pull them. We, they, they didn't have like resources to like do it. I don't know what the right way is. So I would get there and it'd be like a guy with a broken leg. And then my job was to grab his sheets and pull him into the other bed. <gasps> By yourself? Yeah, usually. Oh my God. Oh my God. And then I would bring him down and then he would get x-rayed and then I would take him up and then I had to go into a dark room and like develop his x-rays also. Wow. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. It was a lot of responsibility yeah. for a part-time 14-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I saw a lot of weird stuff. Yeah. What did you see on the x-rays? Um, well, mostly like the people who came. I had a guy, the first guy I ever had to move from the ER, he had shot himself with a, a like a giant nail gun right through his kneecap. Oh my, oh God. my God. This is going to be one of those episodes that I can't listen <laughs> I, to. I won't, I won't be too gross. Uh, so I just had to like roll him around and every time we hit a crack like in the floor or anything, he'd go... <sighs> but he was like a tough dad. So it was... Oh God. Uh, I would just be screaming. Yeah. As the person uh, pushing or everyone in the- involved, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> running down the hall screaming. I can't even mentally role play being the guy with the nail in his knee. No, Another although t- I did step on a nail one time, ah! and I think I probably screamed. And then I had to get a tetanus shot. Aww. I always think of Home Alone when I think of nails. Yeah, too. oh yeah. It's weird that we were like as kids being like, yeah, he stepped on that nail. Like that's horrible. Yeah, yeah we saw it in a theater recently. Uh, my wife Jane and I, and like. They fucking brutalized those people. Like, yeah. I was rooting against Macaulay Culkin. Yeah. Horrible. Yeah. You're like, early signs of psychopathy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like the, the look on his face when he puts a giant spider on Daniel Stern's, like, mouth is, like, kind of fucking twisted. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I made them all disappear. <laughs> that part also? Yeah. I made my fan... Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> 
Oh, wait, that's risky business. <laughs> um, I picked up another guy, and he was there with his friend and, like, a, a guy and a woman, and he had a bandage on his head. And I went to sit him down, and he was like, man, they were a lot of rednecks in my part of Michigan. And he was like, man, you came at me like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And I found out that his friend had been sawing a log in half and bucked back with the <gasps> saw and hit him <gasps> in the head. But he was fine. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, it was weird. And he had bandaged his head himself before coming to the hospital? <laughs> or they had, he had already been treated? He had not been treated. Oh, okay. Like, I was the first line of defense for his, like, medical welfare. Oh, my God. Yeah. It was fun. I'm really happy I don't live the type of life where, like, a chainsaw could actually accidentally hit me in the head. Yeah. I, don't I actively think, avoid that kind of life. I don't think I've ever seen a chainsaw in real life. Oh, really? Right? Like, I don't know what they look like i've operated one <laughs> what yeah i just remembered that like a year ago or something my friend jim bought a house and he was cutting down a tree in his front yard and he was like uh, want to have a stab at this yeah <laughs> they had like cut it down and then they were cutting down the already chopped down tree into smaller logs and so okay. he let me do that so it was already like on the ground i think but it was kind of tight. Yeah. It was also like kind of using like an immersion blender and something really tough where it's yeah. sort of like you sort of press down into it and just sort of like yeah, there's some resistance. you are kind of sawing as you're as it's going. It's not just like cutting through like a hot knife through butter or anything <laughs> like that. Yeah. Um, but that sounds empowering. It felt I felt pretty cool. I posted a picture online oh, yeah. of oh, myself doing it and holding it up in the air. And so, yeah, that was kind of tight. <laughs> I did see a chance on one other time. My f- friend had a birthday party when we were 10 and it was like around halloween and his dad pretended to be like a murderer and had a chainsaw but he had taken the chain off of it and he was like revving it and chasing us all around oh my god was that terrifying yeah it was horrible i mean i would get scared even if someone just chased me with no props (laughs) yeah just the sheer terror of being chased was always enough for me to like freak out i think i was like in an above ground pool with like 10 other small children oh my god and then we just like heard a chainsaw in the distance that like came closer oh my god why would you do that like Michigan. I'm not, I'm not sure. <laughs> that, that Michigan I can see sense now why you felt like you needed to get out. Yeah. You're like, people here are fucking crazy. Yeah. But I, um, so I got to see all the x-rays too. Like I, they put me in a room and I would develop all of them. And then like, I, I got to know all the, like the sassy ladies who had worked there for many, many years. And they had, they revealed after I'd been there for like three years that there um, was a file with all the embarrassing x-rays <gasps> that they kept copies of them. Yes. Oh my God. Oh my God. What do you think the most common embarrassing x-ray was? I mean, something in the butt, Butt right? stuff. It was butt all butt stuff. What else is embarrassing? Yeah. And I, <laughs> they just had files and files of oh my like, God. what kind of stuff was up there? Uh, action figures. <gasps> <laughs> Which action figure? Batman or like, I think a he, I, he man, maybe like the one where his head spins around. Nice. Like so. Ooh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, light bulbs. Ooh, why? Oh, God, why that's so dangerous. That? Yeah. The, I was there when I, I had to take a kid in who got x-rayed, who he was there with his father. He was, like, a little bit older than me. And both him and his dad, like, kept up the charade that he had fallen while uh-huh. putting away groceries. No. <laughs> on, like, a plastic, like, mayonnaise, like, ketchup bottle or something. Mm-hmm. And he was uh. sitting in the chair the other way like i had to roll him around like knees in like oh like, like he was out. like in uh dangerous minds like michelle <laughs> pfeiffer yeah like he turned his baseball <laughs> <laughs> but not to connect with the kids because he has ma- hand mayonnaise in his butt yeah. <laughs> oh, oh my god and they're like yeah like what what a what a terrible accident <laughs> oh my god like 
he was putting away the groceries and then he i was like this is a lot of narrative did his, did his dad believe him yeah well i they both kept it up they like, kept the it up but time. do you think the dad was like in on it and was like i'll protect you or was maybe going into hardcore denial the latter yeah. yes yeah, okay. yeah yeah i was like this seems unprofessional I shouldn't say the name of the hospital, but yeah, they had, they, and they would just like pull them out and show people and laugh. Oh my God. Did you yeah. see the x-rays of like anyone you knew or like, I, cause you, it was like a small town, right? Yeah. It, yeah. I, I had one time. Yeah. A couple times. It was <laughs> weird. Like someone, a girl I was dating's mom came in for like cancer screenings and oh, I like fuck. developed her x-rays. Oh my God. Oh and like, God. but I don't know anything about anything. So I just like looked at them. I was like, they look fine. Oh shit. <laughs> like I couldn't, I can't tell. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and then I saw teachers, like teachers would come in and I saw their x-rays. Oh my God. It was weird. Oh yeah. This like, seems really unprofessional now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, I, yeah. I, I also worked at a cable company, like processing payments as like a part-time job. And so, like, the, literally the first day on the job, I looked up every teacher and saw what pay-per-view they had ordered. <gasps> oh, yeah. shit. Yeah. Yeah. Was it bad? There were three that had, like, some serious business happening. Yeah. Was it teachers that you would expect or no? <sighs> uh, one, was my, one was my friend's dad, but they were, like, <laughs> he, and, he was married to another teacher, and they were going through a divorce. So that seemed like... Aww. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're like, this either caused the divorce or is easing it. Yeah. 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 Uh, one was just, like, all softcore, like black men model like modeling swimsuit stuff it was called like ebony gods yeah what was that called just like curious like not for any other reason <laughs> other <than> curiosity uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was just like wow i think like when you're in a small town and you're very precocious or whatever i was like they just don't realize you shouldn't it's like they, they shouldn't give you access to, to like that information. files and x-rays and people's lives yeah. yeah one time when i was temping i had access to a document that had everyone's salary in it oh shit and i was like oh. i should not have this information yeah. yeah and also jesus christ these people are rich <laughs> yeah give me some money <laughs> <laughs> yeah my mom does payroll at a company and she sees everything and i was like those are dangerous people yeah. to like mess with like yeah. you need to like give them a raise and make sure they stay happy mm-hmm. yeah seriously yeah, there wasn't a lot to do in my town. <laughs> <laughs> I worked at a photo lab one time and we used to make ourselves copies of photos that we like. Whoa, did you see anything? I mean, <laughs> you're the face you're making right now. I'm excited. Like, <laughs> so excited. Um, I only saw the inside of people's... Bo- oh, okay. <laughs> oh, God. X-rays. <laughs> uh, I never saw anything like super crazy. I mean, it was Santa Cruz, so there were like a sh- like year round Burning Man pictures because oh, yeah. people would just be finding rolls of film like in random parts of their house and just be like, "I wonder oh, what yeah. this is." Yeah, and it would be Burning Man pictures. Um, occasionally, like we had strict like anti pornography rules, so like the the guidelines were like you could print a photo of nudity but you could not print a photo of penetration of any kind um they have like a checklist by the developing machine like one nipple yes no anal daisy chains (laughs) yeah or it's like you could have someone touching themselves but not someone touching someone else's genitals um which was like a weird it was like such a weird arbitrary distinction like it wasn't legal it was just like if it's masturbation it's art yeah I guess so, yeah. What a world um, where you had to like take your pictures to another person who I might... Oh, yeah. We've come a long way. Yeah, who was definitely like looking at them and then That's why real, real pervs got really good at photography. 
so they could yeah. develop their own picks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one time I had these girls come in who were like really, really impatient to get their pictures back. And like we were taking a little while, I guess. Um, and then I was like, okay, fine, I'll do it right now. And I like looked up and it was like them in Vegas, like pissing on the street. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why are you in such a rush? And then we got some that were just like people who it seemed like they knew what the rules were and they had like their genitals like next to each other, but not penetrating, like pointed away. Like the penis was like pointed away from the vagina. It was weird. (laughs) Um, It's unclear whose hand is what. They've like refined their their process. Yeah. Wow. It seemed like they were like, we used to work here and we're fucking with you. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it wasn't quite the inside of people's bodies. Um, another thing we wanted to talk to you about was a TSA Instagram. This is another thing that I'm obsessed with. This is oh something that you told me about. Um, you follow it. I just yeah. add, reply you whenever I see a good one. Yeah, I love it. It's great. I love chatting through the Instagram comments. But um, yeah, they kind of they post stuff that they find that you shouldn't take on the plane. And it's kind of fun. It's It's got to be the best social media like strategist, whatever job for any person ever. Like, all it is is pictures of terrible, terrible weapons that yeah, they found. like nunchucks and just like lighters that look like guns. And I found out about stuff I didn't even know existed. There's a pen gun that actually shoots a real bullet. Yeah. What? Uh, yeah. it's, it's like, like the size of a pen? It, yeah. It's smaller than a $20 bill and it has a one bullet and you just like cap the pen and it shoots an actual bullet. What? That seems impossible. I don't know how That's it like works. That's like some James Bond shit. Yeah. yeah it's pretty cool. <laughs> there's, a lot, there's a lot of like canes that turn into swords, which... Is something I always wanted yeah. as a teenage boy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a lot of batarangs, just like so many batarangs. What's, What's a batarang? Like the thing that Batman throws to like hurt people. Oh, oh a boomerang in the yeah. shape of a bat. It's like a knife that looks like Batman's logo. <laughs> There's like ninja throwing stars and mm-hmm. stuff, and you can tell like the people who had them were probably the biggest dorks. Yes, like lots of like tech uh, kilts yeah. and fedoras. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, they had, uh, what did I see recently? Yeah, like an actual hand grenade. Yeah. And you think, I think that the TSA, like I assume that they're, it's like, it's it's theater and they're not catching stuff. They're catching so much stuff. Oh, it's yeah. It's fucking terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other thing that they post, it'll be like, horrible gun, hand ga- hand, like hand grenade, uh, knife that turns into a whip, and then it'll be like <laughs> a picture of an explosive hunting dog yeah and so basically all the tsa does is they post pictures of horrible things and then their squad of adorable pets dogs <laughs> dogs with jobs dogs yeah. with jobs yeah a fantastic netflix show so such oh, yeah, a good netflix right. show that's right they should feature these dogs like um i bet they have they're also good at their jobs <laughs> dogs with jobs is filmed in canada and so they what? don't have tsa yeah oh, oh yeah they're like socialized medicine dogs and <laughs> It's a, lot of, it's a lot of therapy dogs. <laughs> they do they do feature dogs from different countries. Like they have like landmine sniffing dogs and stuff. But, oh, nice. yeah. I I just like literally whenever I see a good one, I just at Lisa draws and then it says, "Who's a good boy?" Yeah, <laughs> it's like our, this is how we talk to I each other. I love it. It cheers me up so much throughout like, the day. Like here's an actual post I'm looking at right now. It's Marley. It's a really cute photo. It looks like a rookie card. Oh, my God. And then it says, TSA explosive detection canine. Hashtag TSA on the job. (laughs) Meet Marley. His handler likes to call him Big Nose Bob. (laughs) He's a hardworking explosive detection canine working out of Raleigh, Durham, where they help keep our transportation system safe. That's a good boy, Marley. (laughs) And then all the comments are like, I saw him. He's so cute. He's a good boy. And they're like, but if you saw him, you did something wrong. Okay, so there's one more piece of it that they actually, I found out in person, is that 
they make trading cards of the dogs. Yeah. <gasps> and for it, real? For real. I have one here for oh you guys. Oh, my God. So basically, I have three so far. And this is my new, like, deep cut, like, record collecting. Fuck that. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, Like, this is where it's at. Yeah. Um, the way it works is, like, I think they're for children. But if you see... <laughs> A TSA, if you see a TSA dog guy uh-huh. and you say like, hey, can I have your dog's card? They will have it. It's oh worked God. every time. So this one I have is Buster. He's oh a good God. boy. And you can see oh, the back. Wow. There's stats. So um, he's a chocolate oh, yes. lab. He was born November 25th, 2009. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> His handler, Inspector Christopher Fowler. So there's the other card I got. It said like favorite smell. <laughs> Drugs. And it said <laughs> crack. No, uh. <laughs> There's curry leaves. I was like, oh, refined. Curry leaves? Curry leaves. What? Oh, and then another one was like biggest haul and it's like a bag of 35 mangoes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, because I guess you're not allowed to fly with that much fruit or something. Yeah, I yeah. think. Can they sniff out fruit? Yeah, they're, they're basically looking for like the best place to find these oh, dogs. I want a fruit sniffing dog. It's just like fly <laughs> internationally and then just like stay around baggage claim a little bit. Yeah. Oh. Like the last card I got, not this card I got coming down to LA this time but the last one we were coming back from a trip to Japan and I saw like a Chinese dad getting like roughed up because he had like sardine sandwiches and the dog was like sniffing his stuff and like they sniff it then they stare at it then they point at it and like there's a whole routine I just interrupted I was like I'm sorry can I have your dog's training card (laughs) the guy looked at me like I was a real big creep but I was like I know you have it (laughs) give me the goods whip it out I mean, they have the cards. They should be happy to hand them out. Yeah. So this is, it's like my Pokemon now. I have to catch them all. Like They're so yeah, cute. And there will always be more. I think so. Yeah. I mean, they, they retire, they re- they retire them. And then they're just like, he's a, he did a good job. Like he's a good boy. What and now he's to them they, when they retire, they just like go home and they go on the farm. Yeah. <laughs> One of them. Oh, it said former life on the other card. It was a beagle. And it said he was a roly poly house dog of an old lady. What? Yeah, like he, they brought him up from the minor league to like become. <laughs> <laughs> that is a freaking Disney movie if I've ever heard one. Oh my god! Aside from all the the crime implications that they would have to, like, the whole deal movie with. is him catching sandwiches and mangoes, and at the <laughs> end it's just like forty kilos. Of <laughs> uh, well, Ryan, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. for If having people want to buy the comic books that oh, you publish, yeah. sure. So the publishing company is called Youth in Decline. Um, we're in a bunch of shops, but you can just come to our site. It's youthindecline.com. We put out a new book every three months and we have a bunch of stuff coming out this year. So just check it out. Yeah. Really good stuff. If you're like, I want to buy comics, but I don't know which ones to get. That'll be cool. Just buy everything. Brian publishes. It's very well curated. Yes. Yeah. Um, can you stick around for expert hour? I would love to. Yay. Thank you. Thank you, Ryan. Uh, It's time now for expert hour. What does it mean? What does it mean? What does it mean? I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. We need an expert. We need an expert. We need an expert hour. Welcome to Expert Hour. Very excited about our expert this week. This is something I need a lot of help with. Uh, He's an expert in uh, dealing with customer service representatives. Please welcome Rick Krasker. Thanks so much for having me here. Oh my gosh, thanks for being yeah, thanks here. thanks for coming. It's exciting. Uh, I've been on the road uh, doing uh, you know, different sort of demos and uh, going to conventions and helping people out, and I'm just so glad to be with you. Oh wow, so there's like a lot of demand for this, it seems like. Absolutely. Uh, people from all walks of life, uh, as you know, have to deal with uh, you know, different bill collectors and the customer service, whether it's in person or over the phone, and I'm there to, to kind of help people uh, get what they need. Oh, wow. That's, I mean, 
That's a very useful skill. Yeah. I've just been, I mean, I've been setting up Time Warner cable at my new house. and it's just Yeah, Time amazing. Warner, absolutely. Cable, yeah, that's very common that uh, I help yeah. people out with that stuff, and I'll sometimes give them tutorials, uh, and basically just uh, uh, help them access the customer service that they most deserve. And, yeah. and my, my entire thesis is, you know, customer service, it's right there in the name. <laughs> customer service. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that way too. Yeah. yeah. So you should be getting it if you're a customer. You should be getting that service. Service it, it is, service should be given to you. You as are the due. Customer. Yes, that's yeah. right. Goods and yeah. services. Yeah. I paid for the goods. Now please give me the service. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes I want you to give me some of the money back because of the service. Well, and, and that's an interesting point because that is that is part of what I counsel people on. Is oh, it, wow. if you deserve some money back, I will I will help you learn to access a part of yourself that feels okay asking for what you deserve back. Oh, wow. Yeah. Sounds sort of therapeutic. It is a little bit. It, 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 it has been for me, and that's why I share it with, with others. Uh, so, yeah, let's talk about how did you get into this? Like, how did you learn Yeah, yeah. Uh, how, to, how to master this sort of skill? Thank you for asking me that. Uh, I uh, found myself uh, unemployed uh, about ooh, five and a half years ago, and um, my wife had passed away. Oh, I'm and, so sorry. Uh, sorry. Uh, that's okay. Thank you for saying that. Uh, and uh, a single father and uh, had to figure out how to uh, make ends meet. And there were a variety of decisions that I made, some of which I regret, in order to make those ends meet. But the first thing I did was to go right down the line, assess how I could do a better job of budgeting in the house. And that, and that really started with uh, just picking up every piece of mail, every, every bill that came in, mm-hmm. and calling those people up and essentially saying to them, hey, you know, I think... Um, I could do better than this. Please put me on with customer service. And oh, that's wow. where my journey began. And, that, and, and so... Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it's a... Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's a really important skill. I yeah. think a lot of people just pay their bills without even looking. It's yeah. amazing. People, people get a bill and they just assume, okay, that's what I owe. When they should be looking at it and saying, you know what? That's an arbitrary number. Let's get deeper into it and figure out really uh, how much I do owe. Yeah. Okay, so so let's go. Time Warner Cable. Uh, Let me take you through a demo, uh, and and you'll see what I'm talking about. Okay. Oh, Oh, yeah, great. Interactive. So, uh, okay, so uh, you be the the Time Warner uh, person. Oh, Uh, okay. okay. And and I'll be – this is how I would coach you to deal with a Time Warner person. Okay, Uh, so so I'm Time Warner Cable. Yeah. Uh-huh. And you're someone who. Yeah, and you were saying you were. Were they charging you too much? I'm guessing. It was just taking a while to get my stuff installed, and they they kind of did it wrong, and then they like Classic. didn't show up for an appointment, Typical. and then yeah. um, all the things. Yeah, yeah, and then they made another appointment, and then they called me with a confirmation of a different time, and then I had to reschedule. It was sure. crazy. Well, who can wait around between one and five on a particular day? Exactly. Yeah. You know, yeah. I can, but not a lot of people cannot. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, okay, okay. Okay. Great. So. Uh, so uh, thanks for calling Time Warner Cable. Um, hi, my name's Rick. Hi, Rick. Thanks. I for am calling. a loyal Time Warner customer. Oh, <laughs> thank you so much. We appreciate your business. Uh, and I usually appreciate your service. However, uh, <laughs> I have made a couple of appointments. Uh, you have not kept those appointments, and uh, I also feel like I'm paying for certain channels that I'm not using. Mm-hmm. Uh, my deal has expired, and I'm ready to negotiate a new deal. Okay, let me pull up your file here. What's your... Um... Uh, you don't even need to pull up my file because I would just like to tell you a short story about myself, <laughs> how much I love Time Warner Cable and why I should be getting at least 30% less uh, billed per month. Uh, okay. It goes like this. <laughs> about, oh, five and a half years ago, my wife passed away. Uh, she, uh, she was in battle in Afghanistan. And oh uh, I was working for Lipton Soup at the time. Uh, 
I lost my wife because of an IED, and uh, I have three children. I had to take care of those children on my own, and uh, Lipton uh, was not happy because I was drinking uh, oftentimes at work. Uh, I was uh-huh. not able to pay several bills, but one of the bills I was able to pay because I made it a priority in the uh, therapy that was my day-to-day life after that. Time Warner, you guys were there with me through thick and thin, and uh, for Danny, David, and uh, Rick Jr., we watched a lot of on-demand cable, and uh, it helped us bond during those uh, difficult months and years uh-huh. that followed. Uh I guess that's, that's, the, that's the opening thing I'd like to talk to you about, and then let's, uh, can you help me out? Well, I feel like I don't really have a choice now. I feel Okay, and so yeah. that's just an example. Okay. That's an example. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, but, you know, it, you, you take a personal story that you have, uh, a narrative that works, it should be truthful. You know, you're not trying to, to play a character, you're not trying to make anything up, you're just trying to be who you are and tell them what's going on, and maybe things are different now. So, so work with your own real pain. Work with your, it, well, for me it's pain, for others it could be just, you know, run-of-the-mill frustration. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Annoyance. I mean, I I have to say, like, I'm not proud of this, but like, usually when I'm on the phone with with Time Warner Cable, mm. I have a hard time reining my frustration in. Yeah, you know, like they'll put me on hold, and then just one thing after another uh-huh. will happen. I'll just be like, "This is crazy." Like I've said on the phone to them, "This is crazy. I can't believe you're doing this." To let me, me let me here. Let, let's do a frustration one. Okay. Uh, uh, now and uh, and I'll show you how you can deal with that. Um, Lisa, do you want to do it this yeah. one? Yeah, sure. Fantastic. Um, hi, sir. How can I help you? Uh, I'm detecting a strange uh, tone immediately uh, from you. <laughs> uh, can I get your name, please? Uh, Martha. Martha? Uh, that's a beautiful name. My name's Rick. Hi, Rick. How can I help you? Uh, and so you see what I did right there? Just to pause right there. <laughs> when you ask the person's name, you immediately build a rapport, a bond. You humanize them. You give them your name, and you get theirs. And so what it does is it pushes them off of their place of, of um, you know, prosecution. And, uh, and, and it's, it's, you break down walls. Yeah. That's what you do. So, so Martha, I'm assuming, let's just say, uh, what service do you provide? You represent who? Oh, uh, what company? Uh, I can't think of one. Yeah, you want um, Verizon. Maybe? Could be Verizon. Oh, okay. It could be your cell phone carrier. Sure. Uh, by the way, it could be an airline. You yeah. know, if you're trying oh, to fly yeah. someplace, Oof. you yeah. know that kind of thing. I bet Martha works for Delta. Yeah, but did you feel that? Like as Martha, when you were Martha, didn't you feel? Oh, he asked me my name. Now suddenly. I'm ready to listen to him in a different way. I'm yeah. invested in his happiness. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 yeah that's so good. that's just another little tip right there. Okay, cool. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. Okay. What if, what do you do though if they say like, Hi, this is Martha, how can I help you? Yeah. Oh, right out of the gates? I feel yeah. like they often do that. I'm yeah. just not a seasoned customer service <laughs> representative. Here's here's where I would go to level two. Oh. Martha, how's your day going? Fine, thank you. Okay, see? Breaking okay. down a couple of, and then all of a sudden watch this. Uh Am I detecting a Southwest Ohio dialect? <laughs> okay, see? A little bit. Yeah. yeah uh-huh. Wow. And, 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 and whether or not they're from Southwest Ohio, what it does is says, I'm really listening to you and I care about you, Martha. Yeah. And so you turn the tables on them. That's disarming. It, I like that. It's disarming. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, uh, well, here, let's go a little further into it. Uh, okay. it's, let's say Verizon, was that the example? Yeah. yeah. Uh, sure, yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, I got my most recent monthly bill, Martha, and, uh, 
it is uh, it's the same amount that I pay every month, but this month I'm not able to pay it. Uh, my wife was killed uh, in Afghanistan, and I'm raising my three sons alone. I work for Lipton, and they fired me because of some day drinking that I was doing, <laughs> unbeknownst to them, initially. <laughs> Sir, can I put you on hold? <laughs> and this is a great place because oftentimes they will put you on hold. Now, what I've learned through my contacts inside these companies is when they put you on hold, oftentimes it is to collect their own emotions more than to actually talk to anyone else yeah, there. Yeah. Okay? So what I'd like to do is let's come back from that call. Maybe okay. you've talked to someone else, but maybe you've also just been trying to collect your own emotions. Mm-hmm. Okay? Um. Hi, sir. Uh, hey, Martha. Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> Do you see? And then, yeah, yeah. yeah. And now, yeah. all of a sudden, once again, Martha, she's trying to. She just tries to shut the door on me. And in a second, I want to just. I want to get in there and know how she's doing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It kind of like makes them realize, like, okay, this is not just like a selfish guy who's trying to get his bill down. Ex- he's yeah. He's a person. He's treating he me empathy. like a person. Yeah. That, because that's what, again, that's the key to all this stuff is, you know, we're just people trying to get by. My guess is that a lot of the people that work in customer service, and I've done a little bit of research on this, they've got bills that they can't pay as well. Yeah. And they're just oh. looking for someone uh, to, to give them a break as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you, so what are these contacts that you have inside these companies? Well, uh, a lot of them are friends of mine through AA. Some of them are friends of my children who are now uh, grown and out of the house uh, two out three and uh and then uh you know just just friends from town you know it's a look it's a good job uh i do not uh i do not have certain requirements to work in customer service uh partly partly that i've i've kind of bilked a lot of these companies out of a lot of my money (laughs) is what i like to say yeah well they probably put you on some kind of list yeah, yeah, and and I have some burners. I've got a bunch of different phones that I use. Uh, okay. Cricket, just a drawer full of Cricket phones, <laughs> and uh, three landlines. And then I like to go over to my aunt's house and uh, my cousin Mart, and uh, you know, just depend. All you need is a telephone to get this done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and sometimes I'll just be at a bar, and I'll and uh, you know, and I can still I'm not hey. one of those alcoholics who can't go to bars. Uh, I'm an alcoholic that that prefers to be at a bar, uh, just you know, to watch games and eat, you know, because I think bar food. I think most people would agree bar food is very good food. Uh, and, uh, and, but, you know, I'll go there and uh, just, just borrow the phone. Sometimes just uh, go right behind the bar there and uh, use the phone, take care of some business, and usually takes no more than an hour, 20 minutes. Uh, I'll go right up the ladder. That's another little tip I'd love to share with you guys. Oh, yeah. Ask for the manager before they say they're going to get the manager. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, here, here, let me show you how that works. Okay, wait. Do you want to do it with Ryan? Yeah, could I? Okay. Sure, yes. Okay, <laughs> Okay. great. And uh, maybe uh, maybe the company this time, uh, well, it's an airline. Let's say a Delta. That's, Delta. That's I, I worked have. at Delta also. Okay, great. Okay, great. Hi there. Thank you for calling Delta. Hey, who am I speaking with? Uh, this is Ryan. Hey, Ryan. This is Rick. Hi, Rick. Hey, how's your day going? Pretty good. Okay, fantastic. Can I talk to your manager, please? Oh. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Hold, hold on. Now, One do you second. see what I did there? <laughs> it, so quickly, before they even know what's hit them. First, I got what's the name? How's the day going? And suddenly, they care about me, and they're wondering about themselves. And then, wham, manager time. Yeah. Now, now, let's talk to a manager, if I could. Okay. Hi. Hey, who am I speaking with? This is Stephen. I'm the manager. Stephen, let me start off by saying I spoke with Ryan, and he is a fantastic employee that you have there. <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad to hear that. Am I detecting a Southwest Ohio accent? 
I grew up near Toledo. <laughs> okay, that is wild. You see what I did? And uh, and, uh, uh, and and so here's the thing. Um, I've got uh, thirty two thousand miles, and uh, I know I need to get fifty to to get that uh, status there with you guys. I do enjoy working with you so much, and I, I don't want to leave the airline. But uh, my friends are telling me that Southwest is a much better deal, and they've got a better rewards program. I said no, I will not do it. I will not do it. I love Delta, and always have. Uh, just wondering what you could do to help me get up, uh, clear those extra 18,000 miles. I think I need to talk to my manager. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Okay. And so now we're just, now what we're doing, this is what I call ascending. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. So we're, we're working our way up through uh, the entire structure of this company. Before you know it, you're on with, you know, and I know that this isn't the actual name of <laughs> the uh, CEO of Delta, it would not be Mr. or Miss Delta, but <laughs> whoever that person is, before you yeah. know it, you could be on, and that has happened to me before. Really? Before you, oh, yeah. Wow. Before you know wow. you're on. You'd be amazed what you can do. And the other little trick I will tell you is you can go onto a website and find out what the, uh, the email address of just about anyone in that company is. And then oh. you can essentially just go um, you know, online. They'll tell you who the CEO is. Uh-huh. And then you can just kind of, within three tries, I can pretty much almost get directly through that firewall and, do, yeah. and be emailing people. And again... Oh, uh, yeah, because usually it's like, if you look at a yeah. lower level person, it's like first initial last name. Yes. Then you go to the CEO. You're like, oh, I'll just plug that in. Correct. Yeah. And you'd be amazed. I mean, just just it's it's incredible how much access we all have. We just need to know how to use it. Oh, wow. uh, yeah, in the same way that you'd be blown away by just how many people who are you know, ooh, like forty eight years and above, they're still using Hotmail and AOL. And if you just type their name in yeah. at uh, at AOL and Hotmail, and you could just CC about four to thirty six possible iterations of it, and before you know it, it's like. You're in. You you're know, in. you're in, you're in, you're in. So so anyway, right there, I would just say, you know, and uh, okay, very good to speak with you, uh, uh, sir. And uh, I already want to help you. Uh, yeah, right, <laughs> I can right. feel it. Yeah. You know, and if things if things go sideways, I'd probably, you know, I guess I would be forced to just to get into a little bit more of the background in my life, which I think we've covered. Uh, uh, <laughs> we you know. have. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Can yeah. I ask, how, um, what's the most amount of money you've ever Saved a customer. Ooh, we. Uh, I was. I've got a client uh, who's uh, my friend Dan, uh, and I got him cable for a year for free. Uh, it's so rare when that happens, but but the feeling you get when that works out. Oh um, man, yeah. And just thinking about him watching shows. He loves HGTV, and thinking about him watching free HGTV for a year. There's not really anything that I can imagine doing with my life that would give me more fulfillment than helping a friend get free, you know, cable. And wow. I know a lot of people are watching stuff online these days and you know, maybe I'm just too old for, you know, a, a real understanding of why that's fantastic, but <laughs> you know, I still like the communal aspect of watching television and uh, yeah, watching it live. Watching it's, it's not it. just television; it could be anything. You know, health club memberships. Um, oh you know, yeah. Oh, oh, you name it. If you're getting billed for it, you know, I, I can help you get out of it. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. I I had I knew someone recently who had a really hard time quitting his gym. Oh yeah. They were really. Oh yeah. They made him show up in person Gyms like multiple rough. times yep. and like because they want to see you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. they want to know is this really who I'm I'm speaking with and. You know, uh, a lot of times they, they'll go, hey, wait a second. Uh, you look like you're in better shape than you were when you first got here. We've got the picture of you. Oh, How yeah. would you want to just 
step out now. You're you're halfway home. You know. Yeah. Uh, but no health club memberships. Uh, that that is that can be difficult. I will sometimes accompany people, and I'm I have, for a different service charge. I will pose as you and go in and uh, and loose you. Oh wow! I call it loosing people. Huh. What if they're like you don't match the picture on the thing? Oh, I get that all the time. But I do, I do my homework. I I'm happy to use uh, light prosthetics. I'm friends with a makeup Ooh. artist who works for Six Flags. And, How fun! Uh, oh, absolutely! No, no, no! It's a fun job. You get to be different people. It's sort of like being an actor, I would think. Yeah. Uh, and a lawyer kind of rolled into one. <laughs> I feel like Ralph Nader, but uh, with less, you know. <laughs> Less kind of big dreams and more. Uh-huh. I'm just a man of the people a little bit more, yeah, you know. Yeah. And I'm a, like a little with a dash of that Will Smith character from Pursuit of Happiness. But yeah, no one yeah. remembers that guy's actual name, <laughs> including you, I <laughs> you guess. Know? Yeah. yeah. Um. So what? What company would you say is like the hardest to Oof. hardest nut to crack? Oof. Uh, other than Uncle Sam, uh, <laughs> that one's a tough one. Oh, the U.S. government? Yeah, the U.S. GOV, which, again, same deal there. Uh, If you're interested in reaching any of your favorite politicians, I highly recommend. First of all, that that stuff's usually just right online there for you. But, uh, you know, U.S.gov, and you're you're in. You know, you can talk to Michelle. You can talk to anyone. Wow. Uh, Or at least get a a phone call from a blocked number that tells you not to reach those people any longer. But, um, you know, difficult ones, you'd be surprised. Um, Staples. You know, oh. I have an account there. They are ruthless uh, bastards, and That's not afraid to oh, say wow. that. Yeah, not a lot of people even use them anymore. But I'm like, well, where else am I supposed to get printers from? Yeah. So, uh, well, do you need a lot of printers? I, I mean, one kind of did it for me. Well, if you think about it, yeah. If you think about it again, burner phones, burner printers. I can't have anything, <laughs> anything traceable. So yeah. you know, if there's a wireless uh, capability to a printer, I yes, I do need to have. I need. I've got uh, 72 email accounts. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, mo- you know, 12 with Lycos. Uh, you know, I still have 14 Hotmail accounts. Uh, again, you got to play defense as much as you're playing offense. Um, other difficult companies that I find, uh, you know, Visa, MasterCard, the credit card ones, they're not really willing to negotiate very often. Yeah. And any kind of bank. Yeah, those are those are tough. Oh, it's real tough. What are, yeah. yeah. So in those in those situations, what do you what do you recommend to people? That's a sticky one. Yeah, but uh, a lot of times if you uh, if you can get someone again, name, ask their name, where are they from, break them down that way if you can, build a relationship, build a rapport, uh, and a lot of times you know the same way that you would in college when you're you know having to turn in the term paper if you're not ready to turn it in yet, can I please get an extension? Yeah, and uh, they'll give you thirty days, sixty days. Uh, you know, obviously there's other things you can do to to kind of uh, get lost, but that's not that's not. That's not that's part a different, of my that's expertise. Sort of a no, 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 yeah. no. That's a different field altogether. Well, we're running out of time. Um, if for, I mean, obviously this has been like super helpful today. Mm-hmm. Um, if people want to find out more about your sort of systems for dealing with this, um, unfortunately, to- I'm not doing a lot of advertising, and even this, I was kind of counseled by you know people in my organization not to go on to a podcast this popular. But I said, well, these uh, these come highly recommended. I'm a fan of the show. Uh, so I am here. Uh, if people want to find me, I think I've already given quite a few hints on how you can find people. Uh, <laughs> so true. I would refer back to that. Um, uh, also uh, on Twitter, 
yeah. uh, I am, but I use a, a fake handle there, uh-huh. which is um, Brad Morris seven seven three. Okay, at Twitter. It's just a random name generator uh, that I use. I found that name. Uh, there's not a lot going on for that real person, and so I use that. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. Um, well, thank you so much for joining us. It's time now for What Did I Learn? What did I learn? Lisa, what did you learn today? Um, I learned a lot about pretending to be a customer service representative. <laughs> what, uh, it, what What? What? I don't know. I just feel like I got some more experience in that. That might come in handy someday. Yeah. If I have to pretend to be one in the future. But not for speaking to one. No. (laughs) I didn't learn anything about that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Ryan, what did you learn today? Um, I think I learned if if I ever get access to like a time machine, instead of killing Hitler, I'm going to go back and start like 1400... NFL yes. teams, yes. yes. Literally bring like half of a paycheck and start like an, <laughs> an entire new division. <laughs> um, Rick, what did you learn today? Uh, apparently, do not go to the ER if you've got a mayonnaise bottle up your butt. <laughs> <laughs> you will live on in infamy. Yeah, yeah. What, I mean, I get, that doesn't leave you with a lot of other options. <laughs> yeah, it does. I guess you could. I guess you could call Heinz on the phone. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> now, you're, now you're thinking with your thinking cap on. <laughs> um, yeah. And I learned, I mean, this is really one of the most useful things I've ever learned is I can get dog trading cards at any airport. Yeah. And I should be, I should be hooking that up. Just yeah. put like sardines in your bag. <laughs> yeah. They'll come to me. Mm-hmm. Curry leaves. Yeah. Uh, that might not be worth it. But <laughs> um, thank you guys so much for listening to yet another episode of Baby Geniuses. Baby Geniuses. Please email us at babygeniusespodcast at gmail.com. Um, you guys can buy an ad on our show that we'll read out loud at maximumfun.org slash jumbotron. Yeah. Uh, it's 100 bucks for a personal message, 200 for a corporate message. <laughs> <laughs> I am a corporate message. For a robot message. Uh, but yeah, you should do that. It's fun for us. Yeah. We like it. Um, and if you're a corporation, you can be our sponsor. Yeah, we're still looking for a Are there any sponsor. dog kennels that need a to to sponsor a podcast for any breed? Yeah, for any breed. <laughs> I don't want you listening to this and thinking, well, probably not the breed that my kennel does. Well, probably not Bichon Frise. I just don't like those. But any other breed. <laughs> if they came and they were like, we've got $100,000 for your podcast. I would consider it. All right, good. Well, I'm glad you're flexible. <laughs> Um, follow us on Twitter I'm at Mr. Emily Heller I'm at Lisa Draws and goodbye yay baby geniuses we know everything 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 MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.